Hey, welcome to Intentional Living. We continue our discussion today, very important, heavy topic uh, from yesterday on the topic of opposite sex friendships. Um, Are they appropriate? Can you manage them? When it's not appropriate, what do you do in your marriage to make sure you keep boundaries in place? Uh, You're welcome to call our comment line, our storyline, share those thoughts with us today at 888-888-1717. we got callers already lined up. going to get to Chris here in just a moment, Uh, but we do welcome you to Intentional Living. Uh, Serious topic, a lot of really personal things we're sharing today. Be aware of that as uh, you have kids maybe listening, uh, because we're talking about opposite sex friendships. How do you manage them? Well, maybe the kids should be hearing this, some of the teenagers, about the importance of someday when they get married, they need to understand that we live in a world where there can be a lot of relationships outside of marriage, which can seem okay at the time, and then they're not. And we live in a world today where it seems like relationships are very easy. They come and they go. And of course, God's intention is um, a much higher standard than that. And if you've been married forever, you know you know that uh, maintaining that kind of strength in your relationship is something that uh, honors God and each other, for sure. Okay, let's go to Chris on the line in California. Hi, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm just fine, doctor. How are you? Good. Appreciate your call. What uh, What have you learned, or what do you want to add to this discussion about opposite-sex friendships? Um, well, I'm 70 years old, going on 71. My wife is 68. We've been married approximately 27 years, both second marriages for both of us. And both experienced uh, infidelity from their partners uh, in their first marriages. Um, what is happening now, though, and something I don't hear much said about, and much or talked about for that matter, is the fact that as we get older, our bodies change. And intimacy is a uh, victim mm-hmm. of that, if you will. And because of that, uh, as in my case, I had to deal with it in, in a way that... Uh, uh, it, it, it's very difficult for me to think about that. You know, I would even think about having an affair with somebody else or something like that. And yet that would cross my mind. When I would see other women, I would, you know, as the Bible says, lust for them in my mind. Um, so uh, when it comes to other relationships with people, uh, other women that you meet, that we meet, we know, so forth, at this age, um, and I'll take one in particular. She's a widow, a widow, and she's at our church. She's a very nice person, but she's very friendly to me. And, you know, I'm friendly to her. But I recognize, I have to recognize that, you know, I have to keep that at a distance because mm-hmm. um, of how much I do love my wife. And the one thing I do to continually reinforce my relationship, my relationship with my wife is number one. Is I'm I'm continually reinforcing that God is number one in my life, as as does my wife, and I pray with her constantly, because I don't think people understand um, that when you go through these changes in life, um, there is a psychological change that comes to you, and uh, it is greater than you think it is. Uh, you know, people say, oh, they're just old people, you know, that what, what do they know? Well, I'm, just, I'm still 20 years old mentally, <laughs> but I'm 71 years old physically, mm-hmm. if you will. And, and, that's the, that's, and I think that's what people have to understand. It's very difficult. It's not an easy thing to look at. And I've had to be honest with my wife in, my, uh, in having looked at publications, if you will, that uh, are not appropriate. 
and I've literally turned movies off I'm watching on television because they're inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yet they are uh, titillating, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so these things are all out there, and you really, I mean, it is a constant reminding. It's, it's prayer. It's, uh, uh, it's a relationship with God that will bring you back. But it's not as easy as just saying that. It's a, it's a constant thing that you have to keep doing. Well, Chris, listen, you, you are speaking a truth for many men who are afraid to call and say the same thing. And so you're not alone. This is the life, the world in which we live, the way God has wired men and women differently. And uh, you're being honest and open about it. And it sounds like you, you're wise enough to know some of the things you need to do to put those protective things in place, shutting off the media today uh, with the, the phones. You can get anything you want on your cell phone, of course. And, um, and we know that that has created additional problems for some people who in the past were afraid to go get a magazine or something. Now they can just go online. Um, and so you're just being very transparent. I think that's the beginning of wisdom is when we're just being very honest and saying, I'm vulnerable. I know I'm vulnerable. I know this is an issue. And therefore, I'm choosing to put some things in place. I think having good friends that will hold you accountable. I think having your spouse be able to hold you accountable if, you, if, if they're comfortable doing so. Asking the question, how, you know, how are you doing? Um, but having those kind of men around you who can call you anytime uh, and say, hey, how you doing in this area of purity? Um, limiting the contact. If you're finding somebody that you're attracted to, limiting the contact with that person. Frankly, I mean, that that's just reality. Telling yourself the truth when you're with them. In other words, taking captive those thoughts. Those are important things. All right. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate, appreciate your call. I want to add a few more things from my book, Star for Affection. My friend, Dr. Todd Linneman, uh, really contributed a great deal to this chapter when it comes to some of these thoughts on opposite sex friendships. And I'll share just a few of them with you. There's seven of them here that are very practical things that you can do, you can do to keep those boundaries in place. And we'll get to those in just a moment. But first, let's take a break, Jennifer, and then we'll be right back. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. I'm suddenly single, very lonely, and I feel stuck. What should I do? Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. There's a scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes that says, pity the man or the woman that falls down and has no one to pick him or her up. That's a pretty vivid and frankly, a pretty painful picture. So can I encourage you if you're suddenly single and you're struggling, obviously you need to grieve the loss, but be bold. Make an intentional decision to get up and keep moving. Get involved in the lives of other people who are struggling and hurting serving others, grieve in the process, but keep moving. Find some needs within a mile of your own home right now and serve those or through your church. And when you do that, that's intentional living. For more information and inspiration, go to theintentionallife.com. 
And I hope you'll go there. Theintentionallife.com has a lot of helpful information for you. We have articles and you can access videos and lots of things to just be very practical. Uh, in fact, I have, um, there's a top 10 list there you can find on opposite sex friendships that you might find helpful when you go to theintentionallife.com. Uh, so our Facebook friends, again, welcome uh, to those of you joining us around the world. You're welcome to call our comment line uh, and share with us or just share a comment right there. But can I ask you maybe to take time and share this, uh, this program archived? We have our podcast of every program. You know, you could take on a mission and ministry to take some helpful topics like this and share them with others. This is part two of a two-day discussion we discussed yesterday, opposite-sex friendships, and then revisited again uh, here today. Uh, very important. All righty. Uh, let's get back to our calls. So let's go to Jeremy, uh, who's on the line. Uh, Jeremy, uh, welcome to the program. Yeah, me and my wife, we got married uh, in our early 20s. And uh, a lot of what we saw around us with marital problems had to do with opposite sex. So uh, one thing that we wanted to start right off the bat, because we, you know, obviously we got into this marriage for, for a purpose, for a reason, and it was important to us, was that um, immediately with social media, we got rid of, uh, we essentially did this uh, clean slate. And we got rid of all friends of the opposite sex on social media. Um, starting with Facebook and Instagram. And um, a lot of people, you know, didn't understand that in the beginning and, and kind of thought we were a little extreme. Um, but it was something that we've noticed over the years. After we got over that first initial hump of just, you know, getting rid of all those extra contacts, that, you know, I mean, most of the people on social media, we don't really talk to anyway. Mm-hmm. But once we got rid of most of those anyway, we didn't miss them. Like they were, they were people that we, we didn't need in our life. And at that point we can now just focus on our relationship. And, uh, obviously we have friends of the opposite sex that are, um, married and, you know, we have, um, those friendships that we both share, Yeah. but we, but we don't have single friends that are of the opposite sex. And like I said, we made that rule early on. And it was a little extreme to some people, but, um, you know, it's really helped protect our marriage along the way. And we've been married now for 12 years. Uh, we've never had an issue of the opposite sex. Um, it, it's not a concern of ours and it's not a scare of ours because of what we've done initially to yeah. start protecting ourselves. Well, that's great, Jeremy. And listen, and those who might criticize or laugh or discount what you're doing, say, well, it works for us and move on because it's something that's healthy in your marriage and you won't have any regrets. That's for sure. Let's go to Sandy, who's on the line in Arizona. Hi, Sandy. How are you today? Hello, Dr. Randy. I'm doing great. Fantastic. Uh, talk to me. What have you learned about opposite sex friendships? Well, so much I could write a book and you probably have. <laughs> <laughs> but I um. I think that there has has to be. Uh, hello, are you still there, Sandy? All right. I think we had a little disconnect. Maybe we can get back to her in a moment. Uh, I'll tell you what, in the meantime, let's go to uh, Kelly, who's in California. Kelly, go right ahead. Um, well, I just wanted to share, um, 13 years ago when I was married, my husband had had an affair at that time, and um 
for all, anybody that's gone through that situation, I just want to testify that God can use miracles that for miracles. Um, I was born again at that time, and um, I it, it was amazing um, that I got to know Him, and uh, it's, I've changed. It's changed my life. I wanted to just share that um, my ex. I think a lot of it was um, being at work with somebody, and I think it's easy for us to just feel like, oh, it's just a friend, and you know, you kind of justify it, it's okay, and. And then I echo the, one of the other callers that talked about the emotional connection. I think sometimes maybe I wasn't appreciating my husband or maybe there were some needs that were not being met and he didn't have the ability to share that with me. Maybe not even know, hey, I got some of these needs that this other person is, is meeting in me and I really needed to share that with my spouse. Like I, I haven't felt desired. I haven't felt valued or appreciated. And so they're getting that need met by another person. And so anyway, I just want to say that's one of the boundaries is to be aware if you're feeling um, better when you're around somebody to see if those things need to be shared with your spouse that, hey, I'm feeling like this is something I need uh, more or maybe maybe bring that before the Lord to figure out how the Lord can meet that and meet that need in a, in a more appropriate way. Mm. Um and so anyway, um, just say that and uh, the, that it's just, it can be a slow fade because it can be a slow emotional connection and then gets physical afterwards. That's often. true. Very powerful. And also the good that came from it in your case, you came to Christ. And Amen. That, that was powerful. <laughs> were, you, were you able to ever sit down with your ex-spouse and talk that kind of thing through? No, and I wish, I wish we could, and maybe someday it would be awesome if we could. Yeah. I actually am moving back to Wisconsin where I um, had met him. I came over to California um, back after our divorce, and so anyway, who knows? Maybe Mm. someday. Mm. Well, let us know. Thank you, Kelly. Good wisdom. Uh, Let's see if Sandy's back. Sandy, are you there? Yes, there I we am. Go. We I thought, well, he doesn't want to talk to me. Yeah, yeah, listen, Mino Randy, no, your phone dropped out or something. Go ahead, pick up where you left off. Oh, goodness. Well, um, one of the things that I think is very important, like I said, that my grandmother and mother taught me, is it is very unwise to talk about your intimate life with your husband with girlfriends. Mm. And it's very important to set boundaries. And we do not have friendships where we meet for lunch or, you know, go out separately uh, with someone of the opposite sex. We make sure that we are together. And it's just. My husband has had a refrigeration company for 40 years. We've been married for 45. And women would even offer them him favors for doing their air conditioning. So it doesn't even have to be a relationship that you have all the time. Yeah. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. And if you don't have the commitment, I think that you can really fall into trouble fast. Well, Sandy, how did you handle that? How did you handle that when your husband would tell you that? Yeah, he was out repairing air conditioning and women were coming on to him. How did you handle that? You know, I was grateful that 
he was willing to even say that to me because I never considered it. I'm not that kind of a woman, so that was so far out of my ballpark. But it happened. Mm -hmm. And there were some that he knew he could be vulnerable. And so he would send one of his other guys out on that call to complete it if they needed parts or whatever. And it's just everywhere. The enemy will use anything to break up a family unit. Absolutely. And he, he's very wily. And you, you just, if you don't have that commitment, you will fall. Mm-hmm. And I, I am not that kind of person. I don't need the opposite sexes attention and flattery and all of that because my husband gives that to me and I do think the last lady had a very good point. It's important not to take your mate for granted. Absolutely. And and really, you know, we we raised four children. We always had a date night and Friday night was our date night. And we we always made sure to keep our emotional connection healthy. Mm, very powerful. Thank you, Sandy. There's a lot of wisdom there. You know, she talked about not going to her girlfriends, talking about intimacy or issues with her husband. I would say when it, on this topic, don't go to the office or somewhere else and talk to a person of the opposite sex about your lousy spouse. Um, at least that's how you think you view them. Because if they're a sympathetic person, they'll, they'll listen to you and, give advice and you'll say, well, they care about me. And so, and they do, right? Uh, that's why it's important. You either get into counseling with your pastor or pastor's wife or a counselor or finding someone that you can share. That's a part of your own support team, your mentors uh, to encourage you. Um, very powerful. Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen. If you want to add to this discussion, you can do so on our storyline. We got calls lined up for the rest of the show here, but uh, we'd love to hear from you. And share with us on our uh, on our storyline. Hello, Dr. Carlson. First of all, I'd like to thank you for your ministry. It's just irreplaceable to me and my family. The program you had on yesterday about um, opposite sex friendship, but um, I just had wanted to tell you about the friendship that I have with a dear friend. We've been friends for probably going on 15 years now, and um, he is male, and I um, obviously am female. I grew up without siblings, and so from the moment that my friend and I met, we were like brother and sister because he was like 12 years older than his siblings. And our friendship has gone on over the years. Both of our spouses are dear friends. It's like having the brother that I never had born with me. And um, there have never in all that time been any feelings beyond the fact that he is a dear friend and a brother to me, and so that is my intentional path to friendship with um, somebody of the opposite sex. It can work, and you you did the right thing there. You talked about, we're all friends, you know. My husband's involved, and we're friends, and um, there's nothing hidden. That's why we went through some of these diagnostic questions earlier. One of them was, uh, do you find yourself wanting to spend time with this person of the opposite sex, friend if you call them that, uh, but you don't want your spouse to know? Now, that's a that's a clue right there that there's a problem, right? And needs to be dealt with. All right. If you want to share a comment on our uh, 
Facebook page or a comment line, you're welcome to do so. Because some of you I know are more bashful than getting on the air, which is fine on a topic like this, but we'd love to hear from you. However, let's go to Linda, who's next in uh, Texas. Uh, What do you think about all this, Linda? I think it's so crucial, especially as Christians and especially in our world today, where even Christians are questioning the guidelines there. And um, I was single for most of my life. I was engaged two and a half times, but they weren't healthy. And God thankfully moved me on from there. But I realized being in Christian ministry, um, I was with a Christian rock group and different things like that, and that there were always Christian guys married who would come flirt or come to me, I'm a good listener, and they come Mm. to me to talk or cry on my shoulder. And I realized early on, I can't do that for you. That's your wife. You need to go to your wife, (laughs) especially if you're talking to me about your wife. I can't talk to you. And I would just tell him gently, I said, you know, I'm not the best person for this. I'm, I'm, you know, never been married, can't do that. So I'll pray for you. you. Go on. And uh, my husband, I met him in college, fell madly in love with him. And a friend pulled me aside and said, he's about to marry his high school sweetheart. And you're not it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And even right then in college, that was a sacred relationship to me. And I thought, I can't ever let him know how I feel because I I honor their, their relationship. And God help me because I love him. (laughs) So they got married. Uh, She and I were best friends. About seven years ago, she passed away. Um, He contacted me. Her last thing on earth was to contact me. And he contacted me on that reason because of her. And uh, we talked, and it's a beautiful, long story, but we are married now. Wow. And he's the first guy I ever fell in love with. But I told him about that, that what happened in college. And he said, I never knew. I never knew you felt that way. And I thought, thank you, God, because I didn't want you to, (laughs) and I needed you not to. But I realized now, again, now that I'm married, he has such a high standard of, he won't look at a scantily dressed woman. He won't talk to a woman. He's a minister, too. and He won't talk to a woman unless he has other people there with him. He won't be alone with that woman. Um, And he tells me everything. If he gives his phone to me, freely I can look at any time and he says I don't care you see everything I have on there and it really taught me after living alone for so long I um, realized I'm very closed off I don't have anything to hide from him but I thought I really appreciate his freedom in sharing with me the his life and I realized I can do that with him freely too we and we share that together freely but I've also realized again there are still guys who flirt with me and uh, Christian guys too more than even secular guys non-Christian guys, and I, I've had to say to them, the first thing, I, when I was single, I worked in a Christian bookstore for a while, and I had many married men come in to flirt with me and ask me to help them find something. And I always, my first line of thought was, how's your wife today? Yeah. And I just thought, I need to bring your wife into this conversation because you need to know that v- I know, and she's more important to me than you are. Very- and so we did that. Sorry, I'm interrupting. And no, then no, my, no, go ahead. my stance, well, my stance now that I'm married is, the first thing I say to people when they start talking to me is, oh, my husband would love that story, or, oh, my husband loves this kind of food, or i got to tell my husband. I may mm-hmm. call him right now. You know? <laughs> That's good. That's excellent. Thank you for sharing that uh, today. You know, we're talking about opposite-sex friendships. Question is, what have you learned? As we think about our young people, the next generation coming up, 
If we could have each of us and this next generation get up every morning and have on a card or on our computer or on our phone these five questions to ask, the answers that you and I give to these five questions will dictate how we should live that day and it could change our day, it could change our life. What are the five questions? Well, you can find out in this month's lesson from Intentional Living for our Intentional Living community. It's already gone out by email, video, and audio. We recorded video and audio, send both. And then some of you still receive the CD, uh, audio. Uh, But we'd love to have you join in as well. We'd love to get into your hands. Come and be a part of this journey. Be a part of Intentional Living. Make a difference in someone's life for Christ today. Help us keep the radio show going and the events and everything that we're trying to do to help people. And I thank you to those of you who are supporting us. But you can join us today by going to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. And when you're there, click on that little donate icon. Come and join us. You'll see all the information there. We need you to be a part of this. Uh, We can't do it without you. We don't borrow money. Everything comes in from donations to keep this show going. We don't sell commercials or have big corporate grants or anything like that. Just you and me. We're working on this together. My wife and I support what we're doing here. We'd love to have you come and join us. Again, just go to theintentionallife.com. All right, quickly, Michelle from uh, California. Go right ahead. What's your thought today? I think um, I'm looking at this from a perspective of respect for yourself, respect for the the bubble, the family bubble. You know, as a, as a woman, you take your husband's name. Um, in, the, in our wedding vows, it says to honor and cherish. And I was thinking of a, of a scripture, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, where it says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So basically, just right. because you can or it's nice doesn't mean you should. But really, I think it's a matter of respecting your spouse. And people who are unchurched or unbelievers, um, if they see me having lunch, they know that I'm married. They see me having lunch with another gentleman by myself out in public. Just the question that it can cause could cause someone to stumble or doubt or say, well, why would I need to, uh, why would I need to follow Jesus if I can just do what I want anyway? I can do what I want and not, mm-hmm. and not be a Christian. Really, I think it's largely a matter of, it's sacrifice. It's part of the, part of the sacrifice that you made when you're married. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. It's a great way to close the show today. And I just want to say on behalf of our ministry, we know some of you have gone down this path and uh, have gone the wrong direction and you've been hurt and your marriage has been hurt or maybe damaged or destroyed. God is a God of forgiveness. Okay. You know, the scripture tells us in first uh, John one nine that if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He being Christ, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So no matter what your path, your past has been about, Um, God will forgive and you can move in a new direction. Consequences, yes, they often remain. That's life. Uh, But you can have a new life in Christ today, a new mind, a new heart. Can I encourage you men and women, maybe today's the day to say enough and you head in that new direction. That is intentional living. 
That is the most intentional thing you can do today is to give your life to Jesus Christ. On behalf of our team here today, Jennifer and Amy and Gino, thank you for joining us. Have a great day. We'll see you next time from our Intentional Living Center.